minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national and international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. My name is Joseph Toscano. I'm joining the dots this morning. It's going to be a long, meandering little voyage of joining the dots, as we normally do. If you wonder what Anarchy is all about, Anarchos without rulers. How do you create a society without rulers? You devolve power, you share wealth. Very simple concept. So if you want to become a religious guru, behead people, become a billionaire, this is not the program for you. I suggest you switch off and go to one of those health, self-help groups. But if you want to learn what's happening in the world today, and more importantly, do something about it, continue listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast by the Community Radio Network. An anarchist society is a voluntary, non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures which are based on equal decision-making power. That's direct democracy. It's a society where wealth is held in common and used for the common good. Now, I can't believe it. I'm getting old. I must be getting old. Now, this is my 50th year as a radical activist. The 1st of May will mark that 50th anniversary. That's right, it will mark that 50th anniversary. The events that occurred in Paris on the 1st of May 1986, which will be celebrated around the world, were pivotal in the radicalisation, I hate to use that word, the radicalisation of youth 50 years ago, not just in Australia, but around the Western world and many other parts of the globe. Now... We at the Anarchist Media Institute have been celebrating May Day on the 1st of May. In the state of Victoria, where I live and where this program is broadcast from, May Day is normally celebrated on the first Sunday after the 1st of May because there is no public holiday. Now, next week I'll be talking more about what's happening on the 1st of May, Tuesday the 1st of May. But just to give you a heads up, you'll have to take the day off if you're working. It's Tuesday the 1st of May. We'll be gathering or assembling at 11am at Chummy Place in Carlton, Melbourne. And uh, Chummy Place is the only street lane that is named after an anarchist in the city of Melbourne. And Chummy Fleming was uh, the originator of the Melbourne May Day March, which which uh, occurred, the first march occurred in 1892. So it'll be assembly at 8 a.m. at Chummy Place, uh, which uh, marks uh, the spot where he lived, 
and it's a laneway in uh, Carlton. And then from there, we'll walk to the 8-hour monument. So 11 a.m. assembling, we'll walk to the 8-hour monument, which is about a kilometre away, at the corner of Russell Street and Victoria Street in Melbourne. Uh, and the 8-hour monument, the 8-hour struggle is fundamental as far as anarchism is concerned in this country because the Melbourne Anarchist Club, the first organisation, anarchist organisation which was created or um, started in Australia was the Melbourne Anarchist Club and it was... Uh, it began on the 1st of May 1886, 132 years ago, and it was the 1st of May because the Congress, the United States Canadian Unions in 1884, asked for the 1st of May to be a day of international protest for the eight-hour day. And the Melbourne Anarchist Club was formed on the 1st of May as a direct result of that call to arms. Then from the Eight Hour Monument, we'll march to down to Her Majesty's Theatre at 219 Exhibition Street. It's the corner of Little Burke Street and Exhibition Street and Y. It's very simple. Her Majesty's Theatre, not the current uh, Majesty, but the one which was burnt, I think, in the uh, beginning of the 20th century, burnt down the, uh, the Melbourne Anarchist Club, rented a room upstairs in Her Majesty's Theatre as the first uh, centre. So... For us as anarchists, uh, May Day is important, especially in the city of Melbourne because the history of May Day is intertwined, intertwined with the uh, Melbourne anarchist uh, movement. So join us and help us celebrate an important day in the radical calendar, the 132nd anniversary of the birth of the Australian anarchist movement. And I'll speak more about it next week, but uh, put it in your diary. Tuesday the 1st of May 2018 and after uh, a few uh, bits and pieces at Her Majesty's Theatre we'll just walk at least 15 metres to the Paramount Food Hall in Little Burke Street and uh, you know for uh, lunch sounds good excellent okay let's move on to more important events now there's a lot of people who are shocked Shocked, 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 appalled at what's happening at the Hain Banking Royal Commission. Shocked and appalled. Everywhere people are shocked and appalled, except obviously this, the uh, myopic uh, editorial staff in the Murdoch media, especially Melbourne's Herald Sun, as we're told the... Australia's most read newspaper, as far as they're concerned, you tuck it away somewhere in the business sector. I mean, the front page was some shit about some pathetic drug gang being raided. You know, that's the front page. Not about people who've been rorting, rorting, you know, money from tens of thousands, not hundreds of thousands of people. But again, these are their mates. What do you expect? So they're not shocked at the pool, and I'm not shocked in the pool. Because what we are seeing, as we continually say on this program, is the flowers that are growing on the barren ground. The flowers of 40 years of deregulation, privatisation and corporatisation and globalisation. Those ugly flowers which make the most poisonous mushrooms seem tame by comparison. 
flowers which contaminate, not just us in a financial sense, but in a moral and ethical sense. As those regular listeners to the program know that I've said for decades now, I've been broadcasting for over 41 years and been a radical activist for 50 years, have been saying for decades, corporate capitalism has one goal in mind. All right? And the one goal in mind is to maximise profits for their major shareholders, irrespective of the human, social, environmental and national costs. That is the essence, that is the soul, that is the heartbeat of corporate capitalism. And all these people who are, you know, bashing themselves around saying, how could it happen? How could it happen in the land of milk and honey? How could we have so much fraudulent, corrupt, criminal behaviour in the banking and financial sector? How could it happen? Well, boys and girls, join the dots. Join the dots. We have an economic system, a social system, a cultural system, a political system which is totally dominated, totally dominated by corporate capitalism whose only function, only function is to maximise profits for their major shareholders irrespective of the human, social, environmental and national costs. I will repeat it again. They only have one reason for existence, to maximise profits for their major shareholders irrespective of the human, social, environmental and national costs. End of story. And for us to say, oh, not us. We don't say, oh, because we know. We know the system is rotten, rotten to the core. The fish rots from the head down, from the chief executive to the people at the bottom who are scrambling to receive bonuses for selling and promoting products that really do not benefit consumers or customers. I mean, here we have organisations, and we're not talking about marginal fringe organisations. We are talking about the very heart of the financial sector. The number one company, the largest wealth investment company in Australia, AMP, been involved in illegal activity not heeding the law, lying to ASIC and conducting so-called independent investigations where the ringleaders are able to read the investigation and change it just to ensure that their names don't appear in the investigation. Then when we have the Commonwealth Bank and the NAB and Westpac involved in behaviour that is clearly not une- just amoral, not immoral, amoral and unethical, but is clearly fraudulent, selling people products which, one, they don't need and, two, which they'll never be able to claim from, basing their whole 
maximisation of profits at the customer's expense and at the nation's expense and receiving massive bonuses. Extraordinary. Just extraordinary. This is what vertical integration is all about. Fancy word. Vertical integration. It means you've got to buy from the company store. You go into what you think is an independent organisation for independent financial advice and obviously they're going to push you to buy their product. I mean, I went into the Commonwealth Bank last week to close down a credit card, right? I was being... The person there was trying to sell me every bloody product under the sun. That was last week. So people talk about why don't we increase regulation? Well, poor old ASIC. ASIC. Australian Securities Investment Commission, ASIC. Now, if I kind of been a bit feral and tied your hands behind your back, tied your feet together, put a blindfold over over your eyes and put tape over your mouth. What could you do apart from urinating and defecating in your pants? Not much. Well, we have a political system in this country which has been so corrupted, so corrupted, that every time laws that are passed in order to regulate the corporate sector, that these laws are so watered down that they're meaningless and the organisations which are created by government to ensure these laws are observed don't have the power to force these corporations to observe the law, not just the letter of the law, but the essence of the law. So when we're told, well, we're going to set up another little committee to regulate the nursing home sector, you know, because so many people are being ripped off in aged care by private corporations who dominate the nursing home sector, listed on the stock market, you know, don't expect any changes because these organisations which are set up by government have such minimal power to investigate the people they're supposed to investigate and ensure they follow the letter of the law, not just the essence of the law. So this is not surprising. This is something I've been talking about for decades. It's something that many, many radicals across this country have been talking about for generations that if you allow the corporate sector to regulate itself, if you allow, if you give away public assets to the corporate sector or sell them at a pittance to the corporate sector, if you allow corporations to get so big, they determine government policy on issues surrounding them and other issues, If you allow them, if you allow them to 
work on a global scale, what do you expect? And what's fascinating about the current Royal Commission, the Liberal National Government fought tooth and nail to ensure there wasn't a Royal Commission. Tooth and nail. And when they were finally forced to call a Royal Commission to the banking and investment sector, its terms of references were so limited and the time it had is so limited to look at this, this situation that it's extraordinary they've been able to put so much pressure on a sector which for so long has felt it was beyond the law. Laws did not apply to it. If you're involved in the same fraudulent and criminal behaviour these people have been involved in, you wouldn't be receiving bonuses in, in, in terms of millions of dollars every year. You wouldn't be receiving $160,000 a week for being the head of the AMP or $60,000 a week for being some middle executive who's been sacrificed at the Royal Commission. You'd be in jail. You'd have the full letter of the law applied to you and you'd be rotting in jail for criminal and fraudulent behaviour. And for the Herald scum, Murdoch's flagship in the state of Victoria, and I assume it's the same around the country, and I, you know, I actually glanced at it at a bloody... I was having me coffee this morning. I thought I'd buy that shit. And my apologies to shit. At least you can use shit to fertilise something. You can't use that to fertilise anything. To put it a little, you know, few paragraphs in the business section, while the front page is emblazoned with the stories about this pathetic so-called drug ring, you can understand why such little action is taken against corporations in this country. This is a country where Centrelink has more power over the lives of the people, that one third of Australians who rely on Centrelink benefits to survive, old age pensioners, disability support pensioners, people on single parents benefits and people on new start allowances. Then ASIC has to investigate corporate fraud. And every day, there are stories, every day, stories about, you know, pensioners and people on new start allowances ripping off the system. When we know that every day, in every city, in every town in this country, where there is a financial institution, where there is a major bank, that these people are ripping people off and breaking the law with impunity. And as I've said many times before, in this country, people who are ethical, people who are moral, people who pay their taxes, people who care about the people around them, people who volunteer, they are losers. They are considered to be losers. They are treated as losers by governments and the corporate sector, and most of the corporate-owned media, and some of the government gelded ABC. 
the people who do the right thing on whose back this society functions are forever ostracised, marginalised, abused. While those who use the power that they have to enrich themselves at the expense of the community, at the expense of the nation, at the expense of the people of this country, they are lauded as heroes and appear with monotonous regularity in this country's honours list. And they're political mates who ensure that this fraudulent, criminal behaviour continues ad nauseum also feature prominently in the honours list every year. Prominently. And all those media hacks who keep the system oiled and ticking over and all those trolls who try to bring down people who are trying to do something. All in partnership. Gutless wonders. Now, I can continue this barrage for the next 50 minutes, but I'm not going to. Because we do have options. We still have options in this country. There are still... We still have the ability to exercise a little bit of power. A little bit. Not much, but a little bit. And I'm not talking about taking legal action and playing their game. But I am talking about building an alternative culture and political debate which is based on putting the interests of the many before the interests of the few. Public interests before corporate interests. And for three years, we have been trying to get enough members to register public interests before corporate interests as a federal political party, not because we think we would win seats, but so we could influence the political debate. Because people like us are ostracised, marginalised. You don't hear about us in the corporate-owned media, except to be abused, except to be marginalised. So I am asking you today, if you are not a member of public interest before corporate interest, especially if you're on the electoral roll, to become a member. It's very simple, very simple, and it'll cause a little, cause a little bit of fear, a little bit of fear in the corporate sector, little bit of fear amongst their political buddies because we are uncorruptible. And you can join Pipsy by downloading the application form from Pipsy, P-I-B-C-I dot net. Ain't got a computer? Leave your name and address on 0439 395 489. 0439 395-489 and I will personally send you out an application form or write to us. Haven't got a phone? Pick up a pen. Write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Moral indignation gets us nowhere. Fancy words 
gets us nowhere. Joining the dots gets us nowhere. Things change when our political representatives, the people we, that's right, we vote into Parliament, we, those of you on the electoral roll, we vote into Parliament, when they fear the people they represent more, more than they fear their corporate masters. And that's what public interest before corporate interest is about. It's about creating a culture of resistance. Not just a political culture, but a social culture, a community culture, which says enough is enough. No more of this garbage. No more of this crap. We don't care what you know you read or see or hear. All the fake news, the manufactured news, the stories that are hidden and buried, despite what's happening in the Banking Royal Commission and the Investment Royal Commission. So the challenge is out there. Sure, I don't care. I'm getting old. At the end of the day, I don't really care. You know? I've done my best. And I'm doing what I think is my best. But if you want to join me and other people like me to push back, to change things, to ensure that ethical, moral behaviour is rewarded and that fraudulent criminal behaviour is punished to ensure that the Commonwealth is used for the common good, not siphoned off for that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication, to create a society based on cooperatives and collectives, a society based on direct democratic principles, a society based on holding wealth in common, whether it, you know, it occurs in my lifetime or not, doesn't really matter. What matters is that struggle to create that new world in our hearts. And public interest before corporate interest is one way. We're not perfect. We are just another human organisation with all the frailties of any other human organisation. But we are willing to strike back. And we will strike back. Not in the terms that they enjoy. They enjoy people striking back with violence. They enjoy violence. Violence is their calling card. They love violence. It gives them the respectability they need because people say, oh, look at this violence. We need these people to protect us from scum like public interest before corporate interests." Well, I hate to disappoint people in authority. We act totally, legally, non-violently. That is our great power. That is the essence of our power. The fact that we are willing to stand up non-violently and say, enough is enough, no more, change the laws. And how do you create a society? Let's forget about the revolutionary fervour. How do you create a society where the corporate sector is you know, takes responsibility. It's simple and nobody talks about it. You create a mixed economy within a capitalist framework. What that means is for every major private institution, you have a public institution. So you have real competition in the marketplace. 
When did the banking sector go haywire? When the Commonwealth Bank was privatised by the Labor government, by the Hawke-Keating Axis, when it was privatised. That little control government had over the private sector in the banking sector disappeared and they did what they liked. And what we are seeing today in the Royal Commission is just the lid being slightly opened on that festering, ugly scene. And it infects everybody from the top down in the, in the sector. The bonus system in a vertically integrated industry ensures that this type of behaviour becomes commonplace, where the customer is basically nothing more than a cash cow. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. The fifth column in our society. You excited? You excited by the gig economy? Oh, you a Uber driver? BMB, Deliveroo, Futurama, whatever you are, excited by the gig economy? Well, welcome to the early 18th century. When Mr Owen, in the 1830s, built model factories because of the widespread exploitation of men, women and children during the Industrial Revolution... And for the next 200 years, or almost 200 years, tens of millions of men, women and children have been involved in political, industrial, community struggles to ensure that everybody had access to the basic necessities of life and that everybody who worked was rewarded for the effort they made, not just CEOs of corporations and their underlings. The gig economy, back to the 18th century. Everybody's an individual contractor. You're all individual contractors. They make the profit. You provide the labour. You do everything. You pay your super. You pay, you don't have sick pay or holiday pay or load leaving. And if it's raining, hailing, it doesn't matter. You don't work, you don't earn. None of the protections that have been won through 200 years of struggle apply to you. You even pay for your own insurance, work cover insurance. That money is in certain part of the gig economy, taken out of your wage. And if you don't like it, baby, you don't get any work the next day or even that afternoon. You raise your voice against your employers. Bye, bye, Charlie. Because it's you against them. So everybody who says, wow, the gig economy, isn't it wonderful? 
Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it, hasn't it reduced prices, opened up the marketplace? Well, think again. The gig economy is illusory. It's a myth. It's garbage. It's stripping away every protection that rapidly shrinking part of the Australian workforce, full-time employees, full-time salary earners, enjoy. It is illusory. It is garbage. All it does is fills the pockets and the safety deposit boxes and the bank balances of the people who run and own those organisations. Think about it. Think about it. This is the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Now, there's a uh, booklet on Anzac Day, which I wrote. Never again. You can access it, and I'll speak about it next week. You can access it by going to anarchistmedia.org, anarchistmedia.org, or go to my personal, or go to my Facebook page, Toscano for the Public, Toscano for the Public, and there'll be links to... Anarchist, uh, there will be links to the Anarchist Media Institute website, anarchistmedia.org, anarchistmedia.org. Now, I must be my word for the day now, but you really have to think about it. 50 years? Are they 50 wasted years? Have I really wasted 50 years? Should I have become a CEO and received $160,000 a week? I could have quite easily. I just took the wrong track, radicalised by the events of the 1st of May 1968, believed that a new world was possible, believed that change was possible, believed that direct democracy was achievable, believed that each and every human being should have the same rights. Ah, took the wrong turn in my life, didn't I? Took the wrong turn. I could be uh, sunbaking on my yacht, have the mistress down in the uh, cabin downstairs or the boy in the other cabin. Mm. be counting me money, enjoying myself. But here I am, in a little room, talking to you about everything and nothing in particular, encourage you to become active, encouraging you to join public interests before corporate interests, encouraging you to fight back in a peaceful, non-violent manner. They love violence. They love it. They feed on it. It's their coal. They enjoy it. That's why they have agent provocateurs that go around pretending to be, you know, radical activists and basically, you know, working for the state. But that's another story. Let's move on. Now, yesterday, or the day before, the poor Greens, who've been lampooned, ridiculed, pushed around, marginalised, because... You know, they're a semi-effective political force in Australian politics. They do have representation in Parliament. They do have about 10 to 12% of the population which supports them. Raised the issue of legalising marijuana. I can't believe it, I thought to myself. Sensible? I mean, I've advocated on this program over the years to legalise all drugs and it was nice to see the Portuguese government about seven years ago take the advice. Not that they took my advice, but it's a sensible thing. I mean, the war on drugs, that's a manufactured war that fills privately owned jails for the sake of generating profits for corporations that run jails. That's all it is. 
I mean, you want drugs to be a dominant feature of life in the community? You make them illegal. You make them illegal. It's the best way that you can make a buck in the world. You make something illegal, you create a market, you put a you know a few extra five or six thousand percent profit on it, and bingo. Keeps the police busy, fills up the jails, increases the number of addicts, fills up the accident emergency departments, causes a few more funerals, a little bit of uh, you know, a bit more heartache among families, crime. It's wonderful. Wonderful. It is just so wonderful. It just keeps the economy ticking over. Just what a capitalist world needs. An illegal drug trade. Lots of money to be made by people who are willing to take a risk. Well, they don't take a risk. They provide the money. It's the little people that take the risk and the addicts who uh, share the joy. So what's happened in Portugal since all drugs became available? They were legal. Hmm? Well, the country hasn't disappeared. The rates of addiction have decreased. And the number of people seeking help to deal with their addiction has increased. So when the the Greens, the Australian Greens, the Federal Party, raises raises the issue that we should legalise marijuana but not put it in the private marketplace but have a central authority which actually you can buy it from, some type of government authority, the end of the known world has come upon us. There is every dumb, stupid, ignorant expert, in inverted commas, in the universe is called upon to piss on the idea. It will increase drug addiction. Uh, It causes issues. Of course it causes medical issues. It's a drug. But it minimises the harm, the total harm to the community that criminalising this type of activity does. Destroys lives, destroys families, kills people. It's a criminality. The consequences of the criminality surrounding the illegal use of drugs, which have a profound impact upon the community, including a major increase in crime. Including. You want to get rid of the the drug barons, the middlemen, the pushers. Well, you legalise something. See what happened in the United States of America when they banned alcohol during the Prohibition era? The racketeers, the gangsters, the mafia came to the fore, formed a basis. hundred years later, they're still dominating parts of the economy in the house, in the house, in the land of the brave and the free. You want to destroy them? You want to decrease drug addiction? You want to save your children? You want to overcome the issues of criminality? And over fifty percent of people in jail today would be there for drug, drug so-called drug offences. Well, then you legalise drugs. You put in regulations. You regulate it. You treat it as if they've got an addiction issue. You treat it as a medical problem. Think about it. That's the trouble, see. New idea is raised. 
Over 30 countries in the world have now legalised the use of marijuana. Many states in the United States of America legalise the use of marijuana because they have citizens-initiated referendums in some states of America where the citizens determine policy, not just the government of the day. And that's something we'll talk about later on, another day. Something I've talked about in the past. So it's just extraordinary, the reaction. Just extraordinary. You know, what you try to do is you kill the debate with moral indignation, whether it's moral indignation, social media, Twitter, whatever. It's moral indignation. You know, the pack, the pack raises its hackles and goes for the kill. The pack, the mob, they don't care. They're just the ascent. It's the hunt. The person with the new idea the person who introduces a new concept, the person who wants to change the status quo becomes the enemy. No rational debate occurs. None. Minimal rational debate. Drowned out by the mob. We see it every day in social media. Every day. So, Greens haven't gone far enough. Decriminalise, legalise all drugs. End of story. Get rid of the criminal element of it. Get rid of criminality. Make it a health issue, medical issue. Deal with the problems which occur because it's a health issue. Empty the jails. Decrease the police force. Increase community security. Think about it. Even an idiot could work that one out. Join the dots. Join the dots. Think logically. Logically. Now, poor old President Groper, the pussy Groper, poor old President Groper, morally unfit, really, Mr Comey, former head of the FBI, you got a book to peddle, fair enough, morally unfit, he was elected by the American people. He was elected by the 48% of the American people who voted for the president. I mean, who voted. And about 24% voted for him. They love him. He's their incarnation. He is them. Not all Americans, but he's a reflection of a majority of people who voted for him, for his ideas. A billionaire gets rid of death duties, increases profitabilities for his mates, but morally unfit. Mr. Comey thinks he's morally unfit. A laughing stock, yes, morally unfit. Who knows? Who cares? It's their problem. But it's also our problem because he's got his finger on all these little buttons. But I think the military-industrial complex have now got him in hand and he's understood that if you want to keep the money dribbling through into the economy, you know, you need your wars. You need them. You need them. You need to send your soldiers out to be sacrificed on the killing fields. You need it. Poor old President Groper. Lampooned. Laughed at, laughing stock, morally unfit, President of the United States of America, 
says a lot of things about the land of the brave and the three. That's all I can say and all I can say for all those reformists and radicals and people who care in the United States of America and there are tens of millions of them. This is their opportunity to strike back, to organise, to protest, to ensure the disease, the virulent disease which has consumed and enveloped the United States of America is eradicated. It's a great wake-up call for the world because it's not just in the US of A, Poland, Hungary, France, England, Austria, you name it. We have people who love to point their finger at the other in positions of authority, passing legislation like we do to keep people indefinitely detained on Nauru and Manus Island for the heinous crime of seeking asylum. And when you know that most of them meet that criteria, they are asylum seekers, they've been you know, ticked off as asylum seekers, you begin to understand. And talking about that, my congratulations... My congratulations to the new Chief of the Defence Forces of Australia, Lieutenant General Angus Campbell, Abbott's boy. The man who in 2003, in 2013, oversaw sovereign borders. And what does he say? Well, he says, it's my job, my job to obey the orders of the government of the day. I will do what I am told. I will follow orders, irrespective of whether those orders overwrite people's basic human rights. And let's not forget the Nuremberg Convention, which tried Nazi war criminals... After World War II, the Nuremberg Convention, which came out of those trials, clearly stated that the individual, the individual is personally responsible for their actions. Saying you are following orders is no defence in the Court of Universal Human Rights. So, Lieutenant General Angus Campbell, congratulations. Hopefully, as Chief of the Defence Forces of Australia, you will begin to understand the Nuremberg Convention and maybe it'll help you in your interactions with the government of the day. Let's move on. Not that an anarchist should give advice to the Chief of the Defence Forces, should he? Should I? Let's move on. Climate change. Now, I know, I know, there are still people who think it's a hoax. That's right, it's a hoax. Although 99.9% of the scientific community think it's real, and maybe 99% of the human community think it's to a significant degree due to human activity on planet Earth. So for all those people who still think climate change is a hoax and really cannot get their 
heads around the figures and think it's all a conspiracy, I'd just like to go through the Joe Toscano theory of climate change. A very simple theory that even I, I can come up with and understand. Now, I'm sure most of the listeners of the program believe that the Earth is round and we have a stratosphere, an atmosphere around Earth, okay? Simple concept, isn't it? We live on planet Earth. We are alone. We don't have enough spaceships that are fancy enough to take us to Mars or wherever, to the next galaxy. We don't do time travel. So you've got planet Earth, little piece of molten rock with a heated core, sitting somewhere in the universe, some little forgotten corner of the universe. God's creation's forgotten by the Lord herself, with the Earth covered by a little atmosphere, and we're all busily doing things, busily making a profit, busily ripping each other off, busily killing each other because of our different religious beliefs and our, the different colour of our skin and the different cultural practices. You know, busily going about our business. So, what's that got to do with climate change, boys and girls? Well, it's very simple. Now, remember those dome gardens that were all the rage about 20 years ago? You know, you'd put a little plastic dome or a glass dome and you had your little garden underneath. Well, let's get a beautiful big dome. Let's say it's about... 10 feet high or 3 metres high and 3 metres wide and there's all these wonderful things under the dome. And then let's get these little mice, little mice, to live under this dome. Fixed atmosphere, right? I mean, that's what the Earth is, fixed atmosphere. There's no more or no less hydrogen, you know, it's there. Look at the science, you'll work it out, right? Fixed atmosphere under the dome, you've got these little mice... Let's introduce Adam and Eve under the dome. Now, Adam and Eve do what Adam and Eve does best, copulate. All right? Finite resources under the dome. And when they copulate, if they're lucky, if they're fertile, they produce little mice. And then these little mice copulate and they produce little mice. And these more mice copulate and produce more mice. A little bit like the human population, okay? Increases exponentially. Very simple. Finite resources under the glass dome. Finite atmosphere. Nothing can come in from outer space. Okay? Nothing comes in from outer space. What happens over time? The mice eat each other. But more importantly, what happens to the environment? It becomes wasted and soiled. And what happens to the atmosphere? It changes dramatically. It's the same with climate change. It's a very simple concept to understand. Even an idiot like me can understand it. Fixed atmosphere, finite resources, increasing population growth... Effect on the atmosphere, changing climate, global warming, simple. What's the debate? Let's do something about this. You've been listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network.
This program has been streaming live, 3cr.org.au. The program is also podcast. So you can listen to the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. So if your listening time was interrupted, the kitty had to go to the toilet, you were potty training somebody, the bikey next door, as I said last week, needed a cup of sugar for his meth lab, whatever, the program is podcast. Don't despair. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. You're concerned about the logical consequences of deregulation, privatisation, globalisation, corporatisation. You're shocked and appalled by the revelations in the Banking Royal Commission. You want to do something about it? Join Pipsy. Public interest before corporate interest. Download the application form from Pipsy, P-I-B-C-I dot net. Don't have a computer? I don't blame you. Leave a message on 0439 395 489. Don't have a phone? Don't blame you. Write to me at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You're listening to this program? You're a member of Public Interest before Corporate Interest? Maybe you've got a friend. Talk to them. Maybe they'd like to join. I think it's important. Now, next week we'll be doing two major things. We'll be talking about Anzac Day as the program falls on Anzac Day and the true history of Anzac. And we'll also be having, uh, I'll be talking about May Day, the significance of May Day in Australia. So listen in to the Anarchist World this week via the Community Radio Network next week via your local community radio station. Listening to this program for the first time on your community radio station that you don't normally listen to, travelling, knock on the door of your local community radio station and say, why don't you broadcast the Anarchist World this week? You can obtain it from the Community Radio Network. Community Radio Network, over 150 radio community radio stations are affiliated to the Community Radio Network. Community Radio Network has stations in every state and every territory in the land of Oz. Listen to the Anarchist World this week via your local community radio station. Haven't got a community radio station? Program streams live on 3cr.org.au. Too busy? Ah, you can access the podcast. Go to 3cr.org.au. You want to listen? Listen. You want to change society? Change society. You want to cry? Cry. But at the end of the day, we need more people like you to become involved in actions that we organise and other people organise in order to change the direction of good, the Good Ship Australia. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week via the Community Radio Network. Listen next week. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World this week. Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, Lord, yeah.